You're listening to Rock Our Whim, hosted by me, Danny Faye. Thank you for coming on, firstly. That's okay. Thank you very much for having us. Well, me. <laughs> yeah. So um, where is where is everyone else? Um, ben, uh, the lead guitarist, he's had a bit of a medical issue. He's got a, like a little abscess behind his ear. Ouch. Which is really quite big. Um, and the... Um, Peter, sometimes we, we live in the north, you see, so uh-huh. we don't get we don't get very we don't get very good signal up here. <laughs> so um, yeah, that's hence why I'm just here today for you. I live on an island, so I'm fully here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so you formed in 2018. That's correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Um, you look like you've done loads since. <laughs> How's it been? Yeah, well, I mean, we started the band and we just wanted to have a good time playing good gigs and having good memories. And there's only really a small opportunity to to grab all the best gigs and all the best times you can. And so we're trying to grab as much as we can now as we're, you know, I mean... um, yeah, we, we just love what we do and we want to do as much as we can, as, as quickly as we can, really. So how did, um, what was it like up your way with lockdown, with the venues closing and stuff? We we live, um, well, I, I live in Fleetwood, but we're actually based in Blackpool. That's where we rehearse. We actually rehearse at the number one, Planet Rock's number one venue in the UK. The Waterloo, which yeah. I, I don't know if you've heard of. Yeah. So we're, so we're very pl- privileged in the fact that, um, you know, that, that's where we rehearse and that's like our home, home ground. Um, and when the lockdown was coming, we wanted to try and help Ian and the staff there. So we were actually one of the first bands to do a live Facebook feed gig. Yeah, and and we thought we'll 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 do this and see if we can raise some money for the staff, and you know maybe try and pay some bills. So at the end of that night, we raised over just over two thousand pound for the staff, um, and, and of course that that was when the pubs were shut. Yeah, um, it wasn't the lockdown. The lockdown came the day after. <laughs> so so we were like one of the last bands to play a venue in the UK. And one of the first bands to do a live stream. And so we had like, um, the, there was a couple of bar staff, the a couple of bikers. And then, so we had like a row of like cuddly toys because the venue was closed. Uh, there's a Frankenstein, um, Little Evil Knievel. But um, while, while it was videoing, a friend of ours was helping us through the sound of videoing. And he told us there's a hundred people watching. There's 200 watching. There was, in the end, there was 15,000 people watching. That's amazing. Because it was so new in, at that yeah. time, you know, and everyone got into it and we're like, this venue only holds 300. <laughs> so we've, out, we've outsold it by however many that is. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so again, the day after was the lockdown. So we didn't, like everyone, you know, well, I, I'm a... 
I've, I've always worked in music. And so I was going on a European tour um, with the band I worked for a couple of days after that gig, just before the lockdown. Uh, sorry, just after the lockdown. So, uh, you know, I've, that was like my job, you know, gone. And we didn't know yeah. how long for. Um, we did, we did um, in that lockdown, we, we came up with, uh, we did a, got in touch with a um, recording studio in Brooklyn. And they had an old 1920s recording lathe. So like when the old blues guys would go in and, and cut a record, yeah, it would actually record straight onto the vinyl. So we gave people who who like the band the opportunity to to choose a song that they would like. So we gave them four choices, and in the end, what they got was we did a a live recording, like an acoustic recording, and say, say if you wanted one, we like Peter the singer would say over the onto the recording. Yeah. Hi, Danny. Hi, Danny, this is for you. So it's like a very personal, and what they did was a one-off mastered seven-inch single of the song that they chose. It's personally for them. And a lot of people say, wow, that's just like an amazing, you know, one-off gift. Yeah. They, but we made, we made a mistake. Me and Peter had been like kind of writing a song in, in that time. We thought, well, this is, this is pretty good. Um, and stupidly, I, I kind of put that as one of the options for people to buy. And people started buying it. I thought, well, it's not really properly finished. <laughs> so, so I messaged these people. I said, look, you've not heard this song before. You know, I don't, do you not want another song? You've not heard this song. And they were like, no, we want this song. So um, what we did was we kind of just, down the road, we, we live on the coast, obviously in Blackpool. And just around the corner from where we live, there's a lot of shipwrecks. So we thought, well, we're going to have to record this song properly. And so we, we went out and we did a little, if you will, a self-isolating video of us on these shipwrecks that kind of complemented the song. So that was one thing we did. We also recorded our debut album in lockdown. Um, down in Worcester with Dave Draper, who's top producer um, for like primarily the Wild Hearts, Curb Dog. Um, so we're back and forth there for, it took us nine days to record the album. But we have, we'd have a couple of days down there. Yeah. Um, just tried so were, to you like, um, were you like a little bubble? Like, obviously you were only allowed to hang out with bubbles during the lockdown or were you just fuck the rules? <laughs> Well, I don't, I don't know what, how to answer that without incriminating myself. Uh, yeah, yeah we, we, we had a bubble and we had a letter from the management saying um, when we were travelling down, we, we are going to work. So, but we never got busted. So, and we all, and we all live to tell the tale. So they can, they can try and catch us now, can't they? You Do will. whatever they want. <laughs> yeah, no, we didn't. We did, we did actually... I can't remember why, but me and Peter went on a bike ride and it, um, we we did this a silly little video of us on this bike ride to thank people. I can't remember what we were thanking them for, but 
you talk about like you know there was no one you know no one was allowed out their house or anything yeah again, again, we went for a, 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 like a bike ride down the estuary there it was packed out i've never seen so many people walking the dogs and just people had come from far away just to, to walk away into the countryside and a few people said to us you should be isolating you should be isolated we're like well we did keep our distance you know but you always get a few people who you know it was a crazier time <laughs> Yeah, 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 horrendous, really. You think, you know, just so few people telling the masses, you know, what to do. You have to stay in. You can't go out. And, and uh, you know, that's, I don't know, it's just, I've got to watch what I say. I have no filter, you see, and I get told <laughs> off of people for, <laughs> but yeah. Well, obviously, maybe you'll have to stay in. Um like you did with your live stream more and more bands started doing that so i think that's where the internet kind of saved everybody i think so yeah i, I really think so and and, and the bands that gave them a, a something to do you know we, we did a few yeah. uh of these festival online gigs which again was was pretty weird to do um and, and then we did when after like about 18, 14 months into or however long it was, was when they actually you were allowed to go to a gig, but you had to sit down and you couldn't clap hands and you had to sit with your hands on, on your backside. Um, you weren't allowed to sing. We, we did a gig at, at the Waterloo and um, well, I can probably say it now, but at the time, a lot of people videoed, were videoing us and we're like, we can't put that out because this place, you know, people get shut down and could get arrested. Yeah. No one was allowed to be anywhere near each other. And from uh, my perspective, like our well, band's perspective, being on stage, it was like um, they have a game on the on the pier, and like on it's called whack a mole. Oh yeah, and yeah. You to, and you have to whack a mole. So from our perspective, looking out. You had people sat on these chairs and someone would stand up and clap their hands and sing and a, a COVID marshal would come over and, and get them to sit down. And then across the other side, someone else would stand up. And so it's like a human version of whack-a-mole. Um, and then, of course, I, I jumped on a table just to wind people up a bit more. And um, But that's what rock and roll is, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> you, you, can't, you can't conform and you've just got to enjoy yourselves and for people just to sit there you know so far we're not living in like china are we you know well it's yeah. true <laughs> we've still Probably. got some freedom <laughs> left over here oh, only a little bit only a little. You, you you might have the best escape route being in the isle of Sheppey. <laughs> that might be where we all have to come to and just break break ties with the mainland Oh, I wouldn't go that far. We've only got one water pipe and that burst during the heat wave. So we had no water and a heat wave. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Wow. Have you always lived there? No, no, no. I'm um, originally from Medway Towns. Right. But yeah, then I went to uni in London, lived in London. So I've been all over. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So do you, we're talking again, talking about like the social media, because it was, it was a blessing during lockdown, but do you still think it's a blessing for musicians or do you think it's a bit of a curse compared to physical copies, live shows? 
I think yes, still that you can't beat it like a live show, especially. Um, I, I and I'm not wrong in saying this. Well, I, I know I'm not wrong, but it might sound like I'm, I'm being a bit of a jerk, being blowing my own trumpet, if you will. We, we put on a, a great live show, and I know bands say that, but one reason we got the band going was because we couldn't see any bands we liked. And we wanted to be in a band that we would like to watch. Yeah. And and what we're the feedback we're getting are uh, um, just the other week we played and, and someone had uh, reviewed and said anyone who wants to take away thieves to support them must have, must have big balls. <laughs> because how are they going to follow that? And, and that's very much our attitude. We have, we have a little intro tape, and it's called the La Macarena Divergent, and it's the bullfighters walking in uh, to, to, to fight the bull. So it, it very much gets us in the mood to like, okay, we're in the ring now. And, and yeah. we, we're, we're out and, and Adam's very, uh, he's been known as the, the Duracell bunny. We, we, he did the first half hour, one of the, like when we would do half hour gigs, he left his phone in his back pocket. And when he looked, he'd, he'd, he'd done a thousand steps. <laughs> so it's very high energy. And I think people have missed that because there's been so many bands who are too cool and sultry, just standing still with the guitars up here and being all cool and moody, whereas we have our guitars below our knees and you know we're we're sweating it out and, and giving people a good time and a bit of escapism from you know their everyday life. That's what it's supposed to be. You've got to jump around on stage. If you don't come oh. off dripping with wet and with sweat, you ain't sweat. doing a good job. Sweat and blood. Yeah. And actually, just that we have, we have a song called Spider. And just the last gig, we, we decided, oh, let's get some uh, stringy foam and fire that. Well, there's like, there were some cameras, like video cameras, like high definition 4K cameras around the stage. So we got told off because they were in the cameras. They were in the, they were in the, the photographers camera lenses it's all over the floor so uh, on that occasion there was there was blood sweat and stringy foam or we we say we say spiders ejaculate but nice. it, was, it was stringy foam stringy foam to be honest i used to call it um I literally used to call it gig gunk because whenever um, it used to be a sound text whenever we helped pack down it was sweat beer blood and it was just black <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's what we're looking for. We want gig gunk. <laughs> yeah. Gig gunk. I like that. I might get that on a t-shirt. <laughs> do, do you want some of my gig gunk? <laughs> that would be brilliant. <laughs> Obviously, you've got a flu um you've got some live shows lined up with Manchester being sold out. What are you looking forward to most about performing? We, um, the, 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 you just get a certain highness from it, which is just a natural high, which we always get. And, and much like you, you were saying before, you know, is, is social media like a curse? In, in a lot of ways it is, because that's just all the bullshit you have to do nowadays. To you know, I preferred you know you used to be able to just print a load of posters and go out at midnight and paste them on walls. 
Uh, I remember those good old days. And I, I personally, I spend far too much time on social media than, than I want to. Um, but, you know, you, you have to do that to keep up, you know, and, and, and spread spread the name. Um, and, and so, like, it, it's the old saying, isn't it, where out of the day that they are your own stage is the best part. The rest is all just bullshit. Yeah. Uh, so, so, so it's, it's all just it's still worth all that bullshit just for that performance and and to see people's a lot of, a lot of people say wow you guys are all enjoying yourselves that's like a compliment we get all the time because again they they're used to everyone being too cool and moody whereas we're we're having a bit of banter with each other we're and we're smiling faces and we're bringing love and and people are um noticing that and, and and somehow think it's kind of new and like, wow you guys are all like smiling and enjoying yourselves well i i see it's like as two ways i see it, the band and the fan relationship is we're having a party we're the hosts and so we have to have a good time so that the guests have a good time and yeah. the other the other mantra we use is they're our bosses and if we don't do a good job They'll stop coming, and so we'll be out of a job. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's that's what we always try, you know, try to aim for. And I think I think we do that. So yeah, just um, yeah, Manchester sold out. It's been sold out for two years. That's a gig we're doing a massive. <laughs> it's rolled on and rolled on, um, and then we've got the other one at the Waterloo. And this Saturday we're playing at I don't know when this is going out, but this Saturday we're playing the Rock and Blues Custom Bike Show in Derbyshire. That should be fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was there a couple of years ago. And it, yeah, it's, it's a great great setup. I'm actually, I'm, I'm at Steelhouse though, that weekend as well. So uh, because that's rolled on, it's, it's all clashed. So um, I've gone to Steelhouse and then I'm going to drive up to Derbyshire, do the gig. I've got a couple of interviews and then I'll drive back down to my posse down in uh, Wales at the Vale. So but you only you only live in once. there somewhere. What? Yeah, you, you only live once. So yeah. you, we're not promised tomorrow. You have to do everything you want, you know, as all the time. So yeah, just a small sacrifice, all the driving, I guess. But yeah. All right. So um I hate asking this question, but I really am intrigued. So it's a bit of a wanky question, I'm afraid. Sorry. Where did the name Takeaway Feeds come from? Okay. <laughs> it's not, I, I know what you think. I know where you think it's from, like a few people do until, until they get to know us. Um, I. It does sound weird when I say that. It just shows my mental state, really. <laughs> I, I was. I. I, I learned a couple of years earlier I was learning I was transforming from analog to digital so I had like all this uh, nuendo set up on my uh, you know on my laptop and I'm, I'm I'm trying to learn how to do that so I'm, I'm learning how to I'm writing some new songs and I'm recording all that on this this new technology and um, I, I went through some old songs and again this is what my mentality is so I was like stealing my old songs 
and just altering them and redoing them with this new technology. And then I, I was getting other friends to maybe play on them and I'd, I'd, I did some cartoons of us. So that, that, that there's little videos for it. And I thought, well, I need a name for the band. So I'm thinking, well, I'm taking away some of my songs and I'm putting other bits in and I'm stealing them. So that's where Takeaway Thieves came from. And then, so that was just going to be like a little project for myself. And then I got with Peter, me and Peter and Max, the, the drummer, uh, we were in a band uh, years ago and uh, me and Peter got talking and we said, why don't we go out and do some like just some little acoustics gigs. So it was just the two of us doing acoustic gigs and then we got a third person in and um, so well, what should we call ourselves? I said, well, I, you know, I, I got this little thing called Takeaway Thieves. And Peter said, well, let's use that. You know, we're not going to let, we're not going to do anything really. You know, it's not going to go anywhere. Let's just have that as a, and so we did a couple of open mics and we did a couple of acoustic sets. But because of how we are, you can, you can only spend, well, for us, certainly, you can only sit down for so long with an acoustic guitar and, and you and you want to throw the seat away. You want to smash yeah. the acoustic guitar and you want to get plugged back in and and, and rock. So it, it's just a quite quick, you know, grad, well, it's like gradual progression into like forming a, a, the real band and um, going forth that way. So that's where Takeaway Thieves came from. When we first died, someone once got a pizza and cut it up and wrote Takeaway Thieves in the pizza. It's <laughs> a sweet bit, you know, and still some people say, oh, you better watch, you might steal your pizzas. Takeaway Thieves. But it's not about that. Although we probably will steal, steal the pizzas and whatever else food you've got, but it's, it, that's where it originated from, Takeaway Thieves. Right, yeah. Cool. Yeah, I had to ask. I know that's a horrible question to be asked, but I had to. <laughs> um, so your debut album came out last year. Do you have a favourite track on it? It's a bit like saying who's your favourite baby, isn't it? Yep. <laughs> um, I, I, there, there's many, I think every song has a different memory. Whether it's, And some songs I like playing live personally better than I do other songs and other songs remind me of certain things so no not really not really um I'll tell you one song I don't like that we do which was off the first EP which was Slip and Sliding uh and I never liked that but Adam loves that and he says the only reason I'm in the band is so that we play Slip and Sliding so I, I we have to do that but we've kind of changed that from how we originally recorded it with our first, well, with one of our EPs, um, and I, it's grown on me. So, but the rest, I, 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 I dig them all really. I dig them all. I do apologise. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. <laughs> Craving attention. Do the um, do the fans have a favourite track? Like, is there one that they're all crying out for to be played? No, because we, we all we play is everything we know. <laughs> so they never really, they never really don't hear anything. We 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 we've kind of not played for a while though. Um, it was our first single, "I Wish You Were Dead," and a few people have said, well, "Why have you not played that? That's my favourite song." But more or less, we're we're playing just just about 
everything we've, we've only got at, well at the moment we're writing for a new album now but um we've got we've got like an hour set so that's all we know so when they scream for more we, 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 would, we would never do an encore anyway because i find them so shit yeah you know, to stand the stage. We'll, we'll, our last song is always this is rock and roll and that's when we bow and and leave the stage sweaty and covered in gig gunk yep <laughs> gig gunk i like it um so you just you said you were working on the next album when were you planning on releasing that is that like in a couple of years or next year no again we want to try and I, I would i would hope we can maybe try and get it recorded this year um and and possibly out early next year we had with, with the first album again I, I in in the hiatus of me not having a job the last two years and, and panicking with regard money i, I took the last 300 pound i had more or less and and um, I, I saw there's no jobs, there was no, I, I couldn't even get a delivery job. That's all there was, you know, Amazon and pizza delivery guys. And the irony is not lost to me being in the takeaway thieves and having to deliver any pizza. But um, my, I, I, to cut a long story short, the, I couldn't prove who I was, my ID. I, I couldn't prove who I was, even with a mask on, I'd take the mask off. And then the post office, they said, you have to put the mask on. I said, well, you need to see my ID, don't you, and who I am. But, um, yeah, I, I couldn't even get that. So what I did was I saw they were printing money, and I realised that your money was going to be very devalued, like it is now. And um, so I, I looked at um, invest that £300 into cryptocurrency. And... I, I just prayed I could get to a thousand pound, and I did, and um, that, that so that's been great for me. <laughs> but but from that, I uh, we are one of the first bands in the world to release that debut album with NFTs, which I don't know if you know what they are. No, that was one of my next questions. Um, you oh, just right. want to because I was re I was reading on your website, and I'm still like, no, I'm still confused. <laughs> Right. Basically, it's like um, giving people the opportunity to buy, instead of buying 15 different coloured vinyls, to put on the walls, which is just, uh, and for the band to be in the top 40 for one week. Yeah. And the re real, real record industry know that's just, oh, look at that little band. They've got all their, all their friends buying. 50 different copies of the same album to get them into, you know, number 23 in the charts for one week. Ah, nice. Uh, much like the Seven Inch Vinyl, um, I, we thought, let's give people the chance to own one of our songs. So this this was very hard to work out because no one had done it before. Yeah. There was no template of how to do this or what what's the value of a song by a band no one knows. Um, so we ended up selling, and so I, I worked with a, a cryptocurrency website and they introduced the crypto you use to buy the NFT, the Tech With NFT, 
was called soul. So you needed soul to rock and roll. <laughs> um, and that, that was on the Phantasma chain. And so people paid, it was, we, we, we gave away basically 40% of each of our songs. So we gave away three 10%. So someone could own 10% of one song for £150, the equivalent of £150. So we had three of them, so that was 30% gone. And then we had 10 1%. So someone could own 1% for £15. So it's like they're just buying a share of the song, but yeah. then they'll get, all, they'll get all the very poor royalties from that forevermore, as long as they hold that. Yeah. Um, so basically, that's what an NFT is. That they have that, and it's on. It's on like what's called the blockchain. So that's that can't be broken, or you know. Yeah. Or anyone, no one can steal that, if you will, from them. Um, and and so again, that's we 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 did that just before the the album obviously came out, and because no one knew what was happening with that, we spoke to a lot. I spoke to a lot of record companies. And they were like, Neil, you're you're so ahead of the curve. You know, we can't we can't compete with you know what potentially you can gain with what you know a record company could give any band. You know, so um, but then it, I still think that's, that that is still the future, but it's just dragging its heels just now for other the bands that still are not educated enough to know you know how to do this or, or what to do this. I've helped a few people and photographers and you know. To, to to sell their artwork as NFTs. So um, this, after like a month, we played a festival and this guy came up to me and said, I'd like to buy 10% of uh, what he said. I said, okay, cool. He said, uh, can I call you tomorrow? So it was a it was a bank holiday, August bank holiday last year. I said, okay. So when he went, when, when I looked, they had gone up to two hundred and forty pounds. <laughs> so I I rang this guy and I said, "Look, they were one hundred and fifty, but I I can't control that now because it's in the blockchain. You know, the value yeah. had just gone up. Unfortunately, they're two hundred and forty pounds." He said, "Well, what should I do?" I said, "I think just maybe wait. You know, wait on it coming back down, and I'll let you know when you, you can buy it. It never it's never come down." It's only gone up, and and the value now is fourteen hundred pound to these people. So, and um, I've seen a comment. I've seen a, quite a few comments where people have then said, like we've been played on like Planet Rock Radio or something. So, said, this is great. Play that song again because I own ten percent. <laughs> like that. Well, that's great. So it's all, and it gives it gives people a bit of empowerment, and it gives them a, like a sense of like belonging closer with the band. And having a, a better bonding relationship, uh, where they actually own you, know, and and the bragging rights that say, "Hey, I, I own ten percent of this song," which individually the band only own twelve percent each. So I wrote, "Wait a minute, I wrote the song and I only own twelve percent, and you own ten percent." <laughs> so yeah, so and again, that's I think that's far better than a lot of vinyl, multicolored vinyl on your wall that's just going to devalue. Unless you don't open it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Another thing I, I did want to do, but again, going back to like your streaming idea, you know, like you know, 
streamings and all this, um, or of physical copies. I only wanted to, because the album's called Nine, I only wanted to do, like, say, 90 CDs. But, because how I saw that was we could sell them for, say, £90, because there's only 90 made. Yeah. Um, it's like that, that keeps the value of that product. Um, and the, the rest of the band were like, well, what do we sell at gigs then? What do we sell at gigs? You know, we've only got 90, they'll be gone straight away. So, but I think that, I think, and from doing that, limiting the amount of physical copy, I, I believe that more people would listen to the streaming side of it. So your streaming hits would go up. I think, I think that's maybe a bit more in the future, I think, than, than now. I think rock fans, rock fans still want the physical. I mean, we 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 were we, well, we are still going to get some um, vinyl copies, um, but we we I, I took a load of orders for that, and again we were only going to do ninety of them. That was just ninety of them, and they they had all gone, but we we weren't able to get them because they, they, that's when you know the vinyls um, the the plastics were shortage wasn't there and there's yeah there's a backlog <laughs> yeah so uh, to the point where you couldn't even order any yeah so uh, in fact so what we did was we so we didn't order any well we ordered, tried to order them we couldn't order them we went on tour then at the start of the year uh, and so we used that money for the touring and three days into the tour it came out saying Oh, you you can reorder your vinyls now. Well, we've just spent all the money now. We can't, we can't <laughs> do that yet. We'll have to wait a bit longer. So, because we all we all want our own. You know, there's nothing better than having a vinyl copy, sir. Yeah. Which was something yourself. Yeah. So the so. the aim is to still have it on vinyl eventually. Yes, we have to. I've got ninety people coming to <laughs> yeah. to, to burn my house down. <coughs> Um, as I was looking through your merch on your website, um, has anyone bought the rock experience in their living room? No, no, I think they're too scared. <laughs> they're too scared. They think we're going to eat all their pizzas and all the food and everything as well, probably. Uh, no, 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 no one has. I, in fact, um, I, 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 no one has, but someone about three weeks ago just inquired. They wanted the full shindig, but it was going to be in the, like the garden. Yeah, but for, it was for an anniversary or something, and, and that was the other crazy thing we did with this album. We prior it's like weird synchronicity really because when we were recording it, we thought, "Hey, what would be a bit different? Why don't we have a different image for each song?" Wow! And then we could have. A load of T-shirts, and it's like when you go to download and you look at Metallica or Kiss and all the big bands, and they've got like fifteen different T-shirts. That's what we could do. And you've looked at the the swag shop. There's about twenty-seven T-shirts for sale. And, and so, unfortunately, what we then realised was we have a good deal with our supplier of you know clothing wear, but. You, you you don't just need one size of all no. those t-shirts. You need all those sizes, and then you need another van to put all that merch in 
to get you to the gig. And then you have to, you, you, most, most venues don't have the space to put all that out. So but I, again, that, that kind of work though, it tied in beautifully with, it was like about maybe a month later, the idea of the NFTs came up and they thought, well, this is great because now when people get uh, own that 10%, they'll get a visualization of that artwork as well as the song before the album comes out. So it kind of works, you know, perfectly, really. So where are you having to store all these many, many T-shirts? We, I, I'm Scottish, so Scottish or Jewish, and um, we, I think, as a like a, a brand, and as a band, we have a very, very good business model. Um, in, in that respect, with regard like T-shirts, we, we don't have to buy 150 T-shirts all up front. So we, we we know roughly how many T-shirts we need to take an order to sell. And sometimes we take pre-orders of those T-shirts. Uh, I say we have a good working relationship with our supplier um, who has um, been incredible. For, for us you know to, to keep those costs down for us and it's, it's very much like say as well uh, you, so like all these bands who have the bought all this merch they've got like a, a room full of merch then haven't they that they're never going to sell a lot of vinyl they're never going to sell yes. cds they're never going to sell um and, and then you put into the, the the cost factor a lot of these bands are maybe oh yeah i'll, I'll, I'll support this big band but those genres of music do not are not compatible with each other, so they're not winning any more fans over. So that's another loss of money for that. You know, and I think a lot of bands and you know looked at their accounts, they would go, "This isn't tallying up correct." You know, we're so much out of pocket, but because I work five days a week, you know, I'm I'm just paying it. You know, my own wage really. Then it grown as a proper business model. Um, so no, we're really good. I mean, don't get me wrong, we've probably got. Well, a couple of suitcases full of merch, but <laughs> you don't have to wash for a few days, do you? So, yeah, we've got a couple of t-shirts, a couple of them full of merch. Yeah. As long as that's you just all. don't have boxes blocking up your houses, that's that's, that's all you need. <laughs> no, no, we don't. We don't. We we'd never do that. And so, what does the rest of the year look like? In in respect of what? In respect of um, what the band's doing, like obviously you've got gigs coming up, but are you hoping, you said you're hoping to record, is there anything else as well? We've got, we've just uh, been orchestrating um, in talks with a couple of, well, we're playing with Kick and Valentino at the end of the August, uh, September, sorry. Um, and then we've got another date lined up in October where we sort out this, um, this new album. Um, our management want us to release a song which we've kind of half we've done a half a video shoot for it uh, for one of the songs off the, the album called Lose It um, so that's going to be coming out as a new single and also we have like a ballad on there which is the, the last song um, which was going to be like a, a cheesy 80s ballad you know and Dave the producer again said look we can either do that 
or we could just strip it right down to like just a piano with you know Peter singing. And so well, let's just do that. So um, I know Adam is quite keen on it. He has a good idea of a, a, a cool video for that. So we'll probably shoot those two videos um, and just keep doing what we're, we're doing. I don't have any other real plans or anything else, really. That's it, really. That's enough, that's enough. Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. So you plan on doing the NFTs again with the next album? Most, most certainly, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, um, and more bands should look into that. They really should. Um, it's, it's the future. That's what's going to come. Eventually, that will come with regard ticket sales. Yeah. So, so I mean, just now, you know, you get your, you get your ticket on your phone. So. In, in a way that is kind of like an NFT, it's just not like, and it's got your name on it. So that, that's that's like, it is kind of like an NFT because it's if, if, if you're going to download and you've got your Danny's ticket on your phone, that's a one-off. So yeah. That is a non-fungible token, so that's an NFT. Uh, they're, they're just in the UK, these NFTs are now going to be part of um, when people get served papers for summons. So rather than you know a bailiff or someone a detective come to your door, knock on the door, saying are you such and such, and handing serving you, then they're going to be able to serve you to your digital wallet with an NFT. So it is, it is the future, and um, yeah, yeah, we will be doing that with with the next album, one hundred percent, because people people want that. People have said that's. That, that's an amazing thing, you know, that, as I say, they've got that bragging right of, hey, I own that song. Yeah. Um, what, what initially I wanted to do, again, because no one had ever done it before. And, and you, you never know, do you? Because um, I know a lot of people do these pledge, pledge camp, you know, these Kickstarters and, and, and you, get, you get a limited edition T-shirt and you might get your name on the, the record. But what we're giving people is we're giving them, you know, the, the chance that they, they can make money. I mean, if, if if we could go back in time, we would all like even 1% of Sweet Child of Mine. Yeah. So, you know, and that encourages people to say, to try and share their song that they own part of to as many people as they can. So it's like just a growing community. And so that's what NFTs, you know, does. And, and certainly like bands nowadays, there is until record labels maybe jump on board with the NFTs, but I guess they will take eight percent, leave the band with nothing. Um, <laughs> it's still you know, unless you do cross over into like the real recording industry and you get like a proper deal, these other deals are just worthless really. People are you know everyone still has to work. You know, the cat, the cat, you know, and, and they're not getting any money from anything. They have the not even able to use their own image rights because that's tied up with the record label. Um, so NFTs affords bands to therefore go to record labels and say, well, okay, um, like in the past, they'd, they'd maybe just sign a band because they like one or two songs. Well, NFTs give that opportunity for the record label to buy just that one or two songs rather than the whole album. As well as like the fans, you know, wanting and buying them. So I think really think that is the future. Sorry, yeah. I could go on and on about cryptocurrency and NFTs. Sorry. No, it's good. So basically, you're saying that like 
with record labels they they you wouldn't be and the band yourself you wouldn't be tied up into a contract like two albums five singles they could just own the songs that they wanted yeah yeah and if they want to sync that if they feel they could make a load of money from that and they take their you know they, they could even buy the, the whatever percentage you want to sell it and you're comfortable selling it to them for um you know that 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 just empowers the artist doesn't it you know yeah. to to have to have control rather than not have anything and but say hey i'm i'm signed i was in the charts for one week wow i mean someone said to me just the, the a guy in the industry said you, you you know you do realize if you've registered that you you that album would have been in the top 40 of the record sales said I'm, I, I don't what for one week i would rather give put all that energy into the nfts for the band to financially have money and for the people who had invested to to, to grow you know some money in in soul tokens and what value do the charts have nowadays really well well yeah yeah exactly exactly you know um, so some of my favorite bands in the world they've never even been in the top 10 you know so nothing yeah. does it <laughs> it definitely doesn't mean anything nowadays because obviously all the streaming and the people listen to music in so many different ways i couldn't tell you who number one was <laughs> like no 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 me neither <laughs> So yeah, getting into the charts is like, oh, big whip. Yeah. I'd rather have a happy fan base that could share in my music. And I guess well, that's that, what I'm doing. That, I mean, that's, again, because that, that took like, you were just saying earlier with regard to social media, I've had enough of this. This is, I, I, I was, I, I'd worked so hard with the NFTs and I was like kind of burnt out and I thought, is it all worth it for that hour a day, you know, on, on stage? And I, I was talking to some people, and this was only, this was last December. And I thought, I was, I was quite down about all, just all this work for what? And I realised when I was talking to these guys that it's not, it's, it's not my band, it's not the guys in the band band. It's those people's band now. Um, and I, I always get told off for saying this. Um, unfortunately, other people are liking us. And rather than it just being our band where we're just having a good time and a laugh, other people are having a good time. They're telling their friends. And so unfortunately, it's growing. And I, I always felt that, that pressure of, oh, oh, shit, we've got to do all this whereas in december when i talked to these if you will fans i realized it's, it's not my band anymore it's not the band's band it's their band so we're doing it all together for yeah. everyone to have a great time um so that that made me feel better <laughs> i felt right i'll have to soldier on now all these bloody generals who are digging us that we'll <laughs> carry on well, that's just taking it back to what music is supposed to be about, rather than being about money, money, money. It's about the music. Yeah, yeah. Having 100%. a good time. That's right, 100%. I mean, when, when we started the band, we said, look, there's no money in this. Let's just have a good time and have great memories. Um, we get played quite a lot in America. We're looking at um, 
possibly going to America next year, maybe the latter part of next year or even early 2024. Um, we've got a date in, we played Call of the Wild Festival um, in May and there was a guy there and he, he came up to me after we played and he said, hey, uh, it was French, and he said, uh, would you like to go to France? I said, come on, let's go. And he said, no, not now. And uh, three days later, um, he, he bought a couple of CDs. Three days later, he had spoke with the promoter of Bullion Rocks Festival. And uh, so we're playing that next year. Um, and we're also just negotiating around the same time to uh, do some dates in your um, Fra uh, well, France, Spain, Austria, and Italy. So again, just to have a good time and, and have good yeah. memories. Get sunburned while you're at it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I've, 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 just, I've just been to Venice to see Kiss. Well, it was Verona. Uh, and then like three weeks earlier before that, I went to see Desmond Child in Greece. So it's like 35 degrees in those countries. So I come back, so this is nothing. This is still too cold for me here. Still too cold. Oh dear, yeah. <laughs> Um, so I've only got one more question, which I tend to ask everybody. It's if you could rock out with anyone dead or alive, who would it be? Oh my god, that's hard, isn't it? That's yeah. Hard. I like to I like to finish on a tough. Uh, a prince, prince. I wouldn't be good enough. I, I'd probably last about two chords. Or get off the stage. I <laughs> uh, when I was growing up, I. Um, I just, I, I love Prince. Well, I love Prince Kiss, Iron Maiden, um, ACDC primarily. And he, he was just a genius. And when I was growing up, I was like, growing up, I thought, because I'm small as well, I thought, oh my God, I'll be, I'll be in his band. And because I'm small like him, they can use me as a decoy and I'll put that mask on and go out <laughs> front door and the paparazzi will follow me and he'll be safely out the back door so yeah so it, it would have been prince for about two seconds i did do a um when he did that uh, while my guitar gently weeps solo i don't know if you saw that on that uh the rock and roll hall of fame didn't he i yeah. mean for six that's six minutes so for three minutes he's there's no lights on him he's not even in the camera shot or anything he hadn't rehearsed and uh, so when he, when he died, I did like a, my own little version of that um, on, on YouTube as like a homage to him. And Tommy Henriksen from Alice Cooper's band, he, he liked it and commented. Thought, nice. Wow, that's so cool. And I mentioned it to my friend. Uh, it was uh, Rev from the Towers of London. And uh, he said, why is he liking your stuff and not my stuff? I said, well, I don't know. You're not playing Prince, that's why. <laughs> so, yeah, it would be Prince. It would be Prince. Who would, who would you, if you could play with anyone, who would you play with? Nikki Six. Nikki Six. Yeah. So are, are you hoping they're coming over to the UK? There's talks, isn't there, of them doing that? Well, yeah, according to Def Leppard, they are definitely bringing it over here. Um, me and my drummer are actually hopefully going to Vegas in September to see them, but with work, oh, right. I don't know if we're going to be able to. So, oh, well, forget your work. 
what works not you maybe won't go because of work yeah well just quit your job and because they, they might not come to the uk it just oh, i mean if, even if they come to europe i'll go to anywhere in europe to see them i don't yeah, care yeah <laughs> yeah no that'd be great i, I would love to see I, i've seen multiple i've seen yeah i've seen all of them on that bill but i've not seen joan jet like your t-shirt there joan jet yeah i would love to see her same she, she's smashing it on the tour as well isn't she yeah i've been watching live videos of her doing it and it's like oh. yeah <laughs> it's so cool and and class lasac have you heard of them they're the first band on aren't they yeah yeah i'm like before they were announced because i i love like finding new bands it's like one of my huge passions <laughs> and i'd actually come across them and then they announced that they were on their stadium tour and i'm like holy shit <laughs> yeah and that incredible yeah some money behind them see that's the real record industry isn't it yeah but yeah they're great they're really good it's a great tour that i hope it all comes over fingers crossed yeah yeah 100 percent. so you play bass do you pardon you play bass yeah i play bass bass and vocals like like nikki six yep <laughs> i i again it's only because i've been with them the last couple of days uh rev from the towers of london um i gave him his name rev okay but we um at the time i mean uh at the time he he was helping his his band needed a bass player this is before he joined the towers and he um said well i'll just play bass for the time being <laughs> and so we were watching a lot of motley crew it's like wow so i said okay damn my hair black so we dyed his hair black and he he, he was doing all the Nicky six moves, this Thunderbird bass. And um I said, Well, this is your name, because they used to call me Johnny Rock and Roll. Uh, Mr. Rock and Roll. So I, I said, Well, your name is Reverend Six. <laughs> and so then when he went to join the towers, they said, We've all got nicknames. What you know, what's your name? He said, My friend calls me Reverend Six or Rev. So well, that's what we'll call you. So so that's that's my Nicky Six story. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've seen Towers like um, I've seen Towers live quite a lot actually, in like Margate and Folkestone and stuff down there. Oh, was that was that recently? Yeah. Um, was that with the Liberties? Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I but was, I've seen them a few years back as well, like when they were playing around the Ashfordy area, and yeah, I've seen them quite a lot. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, we, um, like I was saying before, the band that me, Peter, and Ben were in, uh, me, Peter, and Max were in, uh, we supported them. Okay. Those years ago. And then when they, um, I was I was actually tech and tour managing for them when they played with, I used to work for Ginger Wild Heart. So when they went on the Wild Hearts tour, I was also um, tech and for the Massive Wagons. And so I was tech and for them and the Towers on that tour. And I should have gone to that Foxton market. That was like December time, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't have a look at gone somewhere else and gone to that. But yeah, they're great towers, great band. In fact, Rev's played because um, these gigs have rolled on. Adam, our bass player, can't do them because he, he booked a holiday. Yeah. Um, 
So we've got Rev to do the these couple of dates that we've got coming up. Yeah, and I saw Simon. that on your Facebook actually. Yeah, yeah. So uh, so he's buzzing and we, we're all buzzing, you know. So it's it's good and and there's there's no one better to replace Adam. <laughs> and that's what Adam says. <laughs> well, it could be no one better than him. So who else can you get to replace me? So yeah, so that's, that's great because I've. We used to play just in like um, like a corporate cover band over the years, me and Rev and, and Snell, um, just so we could hang out and you know have a good time together. And we haven't done that for a few years, and so it's nice that Rev's said, well, "I'll come up and do these dates for you," and it gets him out because he's not he's not done anything for a while with the Towers either. So yeah, yeah, so it'll be good good fun. We had um, in fact. A couple of years ago, we did some dates with Ginger and CJ. It was an acoustic tour, and we called it. He, he was on the phone once to me, drunk and screaming, Rev. They were just shouting, and you put some stuff on social media, which personal. I said, look, get Chinese takeaway or go to bed. Chinese <laughs> or bed. So he said, "That's what we'll call the tour." So when they went on, when we went on tour with Ginger and CJ, we called ours the Chinese or bed. And I was like, "Yeah, you either have a Chinese or you go to bed. That's all, you know." And one night, I don't drink. I'm, I'm such a good boy. Bev um, does. And one night, he drank for both of us. But we'd had a we'd had a Chinese, and that night we didn't make it to bed. So it became a prophecy. It was like true shit. So um, he came up last. He came up yesterday. Uh, I said, "Oh, I said after rehearsal, we'll, we'll get an Indian." He said, "Yeah, Indian or bed." I said, "No, no, we better say Indian and bed, and then we get to sleep as well." So I think that's what we're going to call these dates with him: Indian and bed. That's very good. <laughs> and a great way to come up with a tour name as well. <laughs> and, and we could get some more t-shirts made, couldn't we? Yeah. <laughs> That's a great idea. See, all these t-shirt ideas. <laughs> I just need someone to buy them all now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sat on 15 of them now. <laughs> no, no, we're not. We're not. Oh, right, yeah. Anyway, um, Thank you again for coming on. No, thank you for inviting us all. Yeah. They're all there. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're all in the room with you. You just it's can't. Neil, you, you yeah. get, you'll get the best answers from me anyway. <laughs> There's always the one spokesperson that gives the best answers. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> and there's that word, unfortunately. No, thank you for uh, inviting us on. That's that's absolutely fine. Um, and have some great live shows for the ones that are coming up. Thank you very much. And anytime we're down south, you'll have to come in, see our little smiley faces jumping about on stage like Jurassic bunnies. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Get a gig down this way. <laughs> yeah, that's what everyone says. Get a gig, get a gig there. Yeah. No. Thank you very much for having me on. Brilliant. Thank you. And I'll speak to you later.